When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week, we are recapping season two, episode 21, Lorelai's Graduation Day. The Netflix bio for this episode is, Lorelai is about to graduate from business school, so Rory secretly invites guests to her graduation ceremony. Rory makes a trip to New York. Wow. (laughs) I have a professor who would ask, how are those two sentences related? Yeah. (laughs) How do you get from... what's the connecting (laughs) tissue? (laughs) Obviously, we know after watching the episode, but those bio writers... They leave something to be desired. <laughs> They're trying to keep everything secretive. Yeah, but there are secrets and there is suspense in this episode. Mm-hmm. So I think it is perhaps fitting that they're doing their best there. That's true. <laughs> How did you feel about this episode overall? I really liked it. I am waiting like the anticipation that's building after the car crash stuff like that's been going on for last episode in this episode it's just like it's just building so high and I just want like a conclusion to things like Mm. I want Lorelai and Luke to start talking again I want Rory to like realize what's happening (laughs) within her (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I want Lorelai to chill out I don't know but I liked this episode Mm -hmm. but I'm also very antsy for what comes next (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think tension is the perfect word to describe the like affect of this episode Mm -hmm. and the building but I was really looking forward to this episode it's one that I really distinctly remember when I think about season two and I've kept feeling like it was going to arrive and it finally did so I'm excited we get to talk about it (laughs) It's a good, like, penultimate episode, for sure. I agree completely. Before we get into more, let's do our Talking Fast segment. Okay, see how this goes. There is so much, like, back and forth, so I'm hoping I don't confuse myself and get off track. (laughs) You ready? Yep, ready. On your mark, get set, go. So Lorelai is graduating from her business school, And Rory really wants people to come and celebrate, especially Richard and Emily. Lorelai doesn't want them to come, but Rory invites them anyways. And then right before the graduation, Rory decides this is the perfect time to go to New York and New York City and visit Jess. They walk around New York City and flirt and don't actually say anything of substance. And then Rory misses a graduation and comes home and Richard and Emily are proud. And then uh, Rory has an idea. (laughs) I tried. (laughs) Okay, are you ready to go? Sure, sure, sure. Okay, ready? Go. 
Rory and Lorelai are still avoiding Luke's. They go to Suki's instead. They talk about some wedding planning. Uh, it's not important. Um, <laughs> Lorelai's studying for finals because she's graduating and she succeeds. So she has a graduation ceremony, which Rory talks her into. Uh, as they're getting ready, Rory decides to go off to New York that day. Her bus is running late, so she misses the ceremony. But Emily and Richard are there and they are proud of Lorelai. And then Lorelai goes home and Rory is freaking out and really apologetic. And Jackson remembers the after <laughs> line. <laughs> uh, I love that little bit tidbit about Jackson. That was fun. <laughs> Agreed. But well, I was immediately like, this has no place <laughs> in my 30 second recap. I have to prioritize things. <laughs> Sometimes you just go into these thinking it's a 30 minute recap, you know, it just happens. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> okay, let's break this episode down into its parts, both important and minutia. <laughs> Sounds good. (laughs) So we start off this episode walking to a new breakfast place and right away Lorelai has my Lorelai's closet for the episode. Mm. She's wearing like these, it it seems like a vampire-y type of outfit to me. It's like blood red pants with kind of a black lace floral just on the hip Mm. and then like a black top and a black cardigan and then she has red lipstick that almost matches the pants she just looks pretty like you know vampy i really liked it (laughs) she's in her villain era maybe yeah yeah exactly speaking of villain eras this scene Mm -hmm. also had my friday night dinner critique Uh, this might seem a little maybe surprising but I was thinking as Lorelai and Rory are walking to this mysterious breakfast place, like you said, it's very like quaint. They're bantering about, you know, Lorelai's not telling Rory where they're going. They're kind of chit-chatting about the next town over, making jokes about it. Um, And this whole conversation, I was thinking the last time we saw the two of them, They had that brutal fight that had no resolution whatsoever. And it seems like there is no trace of the Lorelai and Rory fight in this episode. And from what I kind of recall of the next episode, I don't think it's taken up there. So from the narrative structure, the narrative story, I mean, that's probably narrative and story mean the same thing. (laughs) Anyway, the narrative, I feel like they dropped what was a really complex and nuanced storyline about this conflict that they were having. And rather than resolve it, they just kind of left it to like hang. And I would have liked them to have acknowledged it. They do, they do have, they do address the Lorelai and Luke later on. Like they run into each other and it's clear that they still have something to work out. But it's almost like if you just saw this scene, you wouldn't know that Rory and Lorelai had ever fought. Did they work it out in something we didn't see? Are they just both like ignoring it, repressing it, pretending it didn't happen to maintain their like lovely best friend relationship? If they did that, I would like to know because that is like complex if they just like repressed it all, you know. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to see 
like you said, I think it's like they're building and holding on to a lot of threads of a lot of things like the Rory and Jess and Dean. You've got the Lorelai and Luke. And I think in the midst of all of that, they drop the thread of this particular conflict. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I was also like, there's just no closure. And it almost seems, especially in a scene a little bit later, that like they're kind of overcompensating cheeriness. Mm. And I, I kind of feel like there are a lot of fights between them that are just like brushed under the rug afterwards mm. and nobody pays attention to them. And then eventually they boil up in like, what is it, season five or something? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe it could have just been as simple as in a scene with Sookie, Lorelai could be like, I'm really just like trying to exude cheeriness with Rory because I feel bad Mm -hmm. about the fight we had or Rory saying that to Lane or something. And then it would just be the small nod to like, we can assume this is what happened, but they're not quite showing it to us. So we're doing a little bit, I think, of the writer's work here. Mm -hmm. That's true. We also, I was frustrated in this scene because last episode, Lorelai said that she and Luke just had a little fight. It was a fight lit, and they are fine. The only reason they can't go to Luke's nap at last episode was because he was gone. But here, mm. they're clearly, Lorelai's doing whatever she can to avoid going to Luke's. So it's obviously not the small thing she wanted to, to be. Yeah. Um, but on the way, we are also caught up to by Lane catching her breath, trying to follow Lorelai and Rory walking too fast and this is really all we see from her this episode but it's just Mm. kind of building her storyline with the music and stuff and she wants to use the pots and pans at their house to practice drumming. I thought that was really charming. (laughs) Yeah we can tell that there's gonna be something someday more in her story. (laughs) Yeah and then they show up at the breakfast place and it is Suki's house um, <laughs> making a delicious looking breakfast. And Jackson is a grumbling zombie, which I also loved. <laughs> I agree. I was thinking in this scene a lot about our discussion of the like 6 a.m. phone call from Christopher mm-hmm. last episode. And here we find the representation I think you and I were both hoping for, <laughs> which is Jackson, who takes hours in the morning to become Mm -hmm. a living human being he's like totally slumped over groaning in the corner asleep like leaning on the palm of his hand (laughs) and Suki says if you tell him things while he's in this state he'll remember them days later not just like later that day but days later and there will be a funny callback to that joke at the end of the episode later that day we're at Rory man I'm doing my old habit I thought I broke it of combining Lorelai and Rory uh later that day we check back in with Lorelai at her house she seems stressed because she's cramming for business school finals I'll add here we noticed uh a couple episodes ago there was a small side comment about the business school that Lorelai is going to and we were like wow we haven't heard that in quite some time <laughs> and here it's like I'm it's like I feel like they needed a big event you know we need something that has mm-hmm. high stakes emotional stakes for the end of the season what could it be 
hmm oh yeah Lorelai's in business school let's have her graduate and what what happens if Rory misses it you know <laughs> like it felt pretty out of the blue I will say and I don't think the little side comment they had before did enough work to lead up to this yeah. but with that said I think it it works really well um and I appreciate the way Rory here is encouraging Lorelai to go through the ceremony to walk across like you haven't gotten to do this before this is a really big deal she's like hyping her up and Lorelai's able to like admit through this conversation like oh yeah I am truly excited about this and I liked the way Rory brought that out of her which only makes what happens later mm-hmm. much more tragic <laughs> I know <laughs> yeah I I noticed a little detail in this scene that I cannot get past. Rory walks in and asks Lorelai if she wants coffee. And then Rory puts some coffee grounds into a French press, goes over to their water cooler, puts cold water in the French press, and then takes it over to Lorelai and starts like immediately pressing it down and pours her a cup of cold coffee. <laughs> I could not get past that. Iced coffee? Lukewarm coffee? It, it wouldn't even, like, it wouldn't Would it, even... It wouldn't brew, right? Yeah, because if you're going to have, like, you can do cold-pressed coffee, but it takes a long time to brew. You can't just yeah. do it immediately like you can with hot water. It was just ridiculous. That's of hilarious. all the places to get water. Yeah, I was uh, a little bit distracted by this. But I also did like this scene with Rory convincing her to walk for graduation because it's definitely a momentous thing. And I also, there are so many events in people's lives that like revolve around romance and stuff that you celebrate. Like you celebrate getting engaged, you celebrate weddings, then you celebrate having kids But then there aren't any things that are like just individual achievements that are celebrated as much except for graduations. Mm. It's like this is something you've done to be proud of and you Mm -hmm. want people to celebrate. So I'm glad that Rory convinced her to walk. Yeah, acknowledging Uh, her accomplishments. And Rory asks, who should we invite? Lorelai's first thing is like oh just you and then Rory asks what about Suki and Jackson and she's like oh yeah that'd be nice and then grandma and grandpa (laughs) and Lorelai's immediate response is like hell no and she goes off on a very typical Lorelai fashioned rant about why not uh, Mm -hmm. largely revolving around her belief that Long ago, she humiliated them in the past and they will never forgive her. She doesn't expect them to. Where it counters this by saying, maybe you're wrong about how they feel. It's been a long time. But Lorelai is insistent about not wanting them to go. Um, She says it would just hurt them and her. What are your thoughts on this question? My note for this was... Lorelai recaps for us what she thinks her parents' grievances are about her. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's all just her making stuff up. Sure, maybe all of this did happen. Like she did, maybe her parents were humiliated, but also that was a long time ago and this is a different circumstance. I feel like she's just 
saying this kind of as a preempt, uh, preemptive like protection in case she were to ask them and they were to give her a grief about it. But she's not even giving them a chance to actually like be proud of her and be excited to go. Yeah. Very Lorelai. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. did you think? <laughs> I Something along those lines, certainly. I was glad that Rory was... I was glad Rory said, maybe you're wrong about how mm. they feel because she is pointing out the assumptions in Lorelai's opinions. And it really does make sense about why change is so hard for them or it feels so minimal or that when there is change, then they move backward. Because like if at her like core belief about her parents is that they will never forgive her like if Mm -hmm. that is just like Lorelai's resolute belief how can she ever move forward with them how can she ever feel like their relationship will change and to to be on Lorelai's side a little bit um they definitely don't make things easy and they have hurt her they do seem resentful or they still like profess what her life should look like still in their kind of rigid worldview and if we're gonna say that Lorelai well let's just like take at face value that Lorelai just like doesn't want them in her life necessarily or she wants to like manage the amount that they're there like people do have to cut off family members they do have to establish boundaries and in this scene Lorelai sets a firm boundary regardless of if we think she's right or not you know and Rory like later on we'll see like she doesn't just like see the boundary and cross like she runs past it (laughs) and ignores it and this really reminded me of the episode where Lorelai needed a loan and Rory went to the grandparents and they had a conversation after that where Lorelai was like you just have to trust me and not do this again And I think Rory's intentions are good. I think Rory is right, but I still think, I don't know. I I debate if it's still appropriate for her or not to like fully just ignore this boundary that Lorelai has set once again. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. I had completely forgotten about that termite issue. (laughs) But do they still have termites? (laughs) I hope not. Yeah. But. But I, yeah, you're completely right. She, I do think that like Richard and Emily really wanted to be there and it was a good thing that they were there in the end, but Rory should have just given it a bit more oomph, um, convincing Lorelai to ask them or convincing Lorelai to allow her to ask them instead of going behind her back. Cause yeah, you're right. That is kind of like very obstinately breaking somebody's boundaries. Mm-hmm. not great <laughs> well and we'll have more to talk about as we see some more of those scenes related to that storyline after this we catch up with them i think the next morning and lorelei and rory are walking through town and with dean dean is explaining skeet shooting <laughs> uh, which i do not know anything about and neither do they. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like another reminder of, I mean, you definitely don't need to have all shared interests with your partner at all. 
I think it is good to have different interests, but this is like such a complete departure from Rory's interests. <laughs> and also the whole conversation is Lorelai and Rory talking to Dean. It's not, I don't know, it just, the dynamic is just so convoluted because <laughs> Rory and Lorelai seem like a package deal for Dean. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> In a weird way. <laughs> yeah, there is some weirdness there. Like they're all in a relationship. Yeah. In a yeah. weird way. That being said, it was a funny conversation. <laughs> I agree. It was comical. And I think if you are going to have such differences, I did think it was nice of Rory to be showing such interest in Dean's and like <laughs> not just like, oh, tell me more, but actually like asking <laughs> active, funny questions to hear more about like his afternoon with his dad skeet shooting or whatever. So it was something. It was something there. Um, <laughs> but Lorelai yeah. departs from them. She says, you guys go on. I need to pick up a few things at Deucey's. And this is my Stars Hollow moment of the episode. Because I think it's very Stars Hollow that you cannot avoid the person you're avoiding forever. And if you do run into them, it will probably be at Deucey's Market. <laughs> and it will be awkward. Because Lorelai encounters Luke in the shelves at the market. She, like, turns around and sees him. They say, like, hi. Super awkward. Lorelai starts to say, do you think we could? And she trails off because, well, Luke kind of cuts her off and says, I have to go. And mm -hmm. he walks away. I'm not even under the impression he ended up buying anything you know <laughs> yeah. he kind of just exits and I don't blame him and do you think Lorelai was gonna say do you think we could talk and do you think she would apologize or address it would it be a good apology would it not be like if they'd had a conversation here what do you think it would have been or do we just not know because the tension is just building <laughs> I think it would have been a conversation where Lorelai starts off by saying, Luke, you just have to understand how I was feeling, mm. where she just justifies all the terrible things she said to him without ever apologizing or taking the moment to see it from his point of view. I just don't think she's there yet. She doesn't seem to really realize that she's the one who should be apologizing to Luke she kind of seems to think that it's like a two-way street and oftentimes it mm. is but I think in this case it's not it's 100% on her yeah so I am fully behind Luke just being like no I can't deal with this right now yeah like I'm not going to have this confrontation I think evidence to your point is the fact that if Lorelai was ready to make like a really sincere apology that she would follow through with like action and whatnot she would have sought Luke out not just it's like this random encounter and she thinks oh it's this is like maybe she's like oh I'll take this I'll take advantage of this opportunity we are both on like the same ground we can just both say sorry and move on um I don't I hope this encounter though gives her some fuel to apologize later on to like realize oh if Luke won't even have like a chit chat conversation with you that indicates the depth of her 
on his part. Hopefully that could inspire her in the next episode, which I don't entirely remember. Uh, I don't know. I hope she apologizes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't remember how their storyline ends for this season. Because mm-hmm. I remember some of what happens in the next episode and not much of it. None of Relates it has to do to with Luke. Luke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll see. We will. So after this, we get a scene at the Gilmore's house. We open on onto a wonderful looking afternoon tea I'm very jealous of. There's like mm-hmm. scones and uh, little tea cakes and stuff. And it just looked wonderful. <laughs> the benefits of having an English uh, maid, I think, is what Emily said. Um, but Rory has arrived for a business meeting, more or less. She is taking it super seriously, and she sits down across from them. Um, Richard and Emily are also taking it seriously. I guess Rory didn't give any hint about what it was, so Richard ran home from the office. (laughs) Um, But they sit down, and Rory proposes the idea, but first she wants them to promise to not get upset. And also that Lorelai doesn't know that she's there, which is a red flag. (laughs) But she is pretty much just asking them to come to the graduation. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Emily asks why Lorelai couldn't just come and invite them. And Rory responds by giving this ridiculous little, like, story from her own life. Like, at one time I was afraid to invite mom to come to something because I was didn't think she would like it and it was like her I don't know kindergarten or first grade or some play or something yeah like a vegetable play and she said yeah. she re- then she regretted that Lorelai wasn't there to see her perform <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it was ridiculous but she gives them the tickets I liked that she didn't ask for them to make any commitment at that time that she kind of mm-hmm. gave them the time to think about it it's like she, she heard our them. episode <laughs> yeah. where we said Luke should have given her time to think about if she wanted to tutor yeah. or not. <laughs> Always let people take time to decide. Mm-hmm. And she calls them Emily and Richard and is very businesslike. Um, as much as, yeah, I d- don't approve of her going behind Lorelai's back. I liked this scene. I thought it was fun. Yeah, she was really taking charge in like a comical way, but also... A serious way. After this, we're back at home, just jumping all around. Yeah, I think this is like the next day or so because I think Lorelai is celebrating finishing finals. Yeah. Which I was, seems to be a day or two before graduation, which isn't really how it would work in reality, yeah. I don't think. It's a but. very tight, tight window to get final grades in. <laughs> yeah, I can't relate to that. I need a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Lorelai is drinking and very relieved and happy, kind of making some nonsensical comments. (laughs) Um, Rory has found this book that was given out to the graduates. It's a, like, plan your life book. And she starts asking her some of the questions, like, how do children factor into your future? I thought that was hilarious. So it was... Lorelai gave some fun drunken answers <laughs> and then the phone rings Rory goes to get it Jess says 
hey. <laughs> and <laughs> then Roy takes the phone to her room. I just, I love the conversations they have in this episode because they say nothing, but then they say so much at the same time. Mm-hmm. He just like. And Emily and Richard and Lorelai do the same thing as well. Yeah. Like yeah, all of these relationships true. having the surface level dialogue, but there's like <laughs> oceans of meaning underneath. It's yeah. fascinating. Like the iceberg, it's the tip of the iceberg and then you see the actual iceberg below. You're so right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's so well acted too. Like you can see their faces almost look like they're not changing changing in expression, but there's like some tension back there. Mm-hmm. It might also be like you can easily project your own experiences onto this, but <laughs> but they have a little bit of small talk. They just uh, Roy just asks how Jess has been. He says the same. Uh, he says that he's been hanging out a lot in Washington Square Park. He's been reading David Lee Roth, and that's basically the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. He hangs up because it's long distance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Lo- and Rory looks a bit. I guess melancholy after the phone call. She sort of leans back and seems deep in thought. And knowing what happens afterward, you have to wonder like what is going through her mind here. Obviously, the next day she decides like spontaneously to go visit Jess in New York City. And actually, I mean, there's nothing obvious about it. Like so much about like when does she make that decision? Is it pre-planned is it spontaneous was Jessen on the plan no I don't think so it's like it's all very ambiguous and mysterious so I'm like as I was watching her there like I was just like what is going through her head after that phone call yeah there is no explanation I kind of imagine that she's like daydreaming about going to Washington Square Park Mm. and then the next day she just acts on it. I don't know. It is, yeah, yeah, it is so much in there. They leave it very open to interpretation, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is like a strength of the show. There mm-hmm. are a lot of instances like that where you can kind of, I don't know, where people can like project their own feelings onto the characters and like their own experiences. And there's no one answer. I guess the same is true of the. Lorelai and Luke fight perhaps Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just getting really I'm really I I'm getting tired of feeling like I'm sharing so much anti-Lorelai sentiment (laughs) yeah I really I I do really (laughs) like Lorelai and I was just thinking I was thinking about this earlier as we were like getting into it again and I was just like I I truly do hope she just apologizes to Luke because I think that would just solve Mm -hmm. my biggest complaints I mean, she's a flawed character. That's part of why we like her. I think mm-hmm. Jess brings out the worst in her. Yeah. And so everything relating to Jess, like this whole season has just, we've had a lot more critiques this season of her and That's her like point. parenting and stuff. And I think a lot of it has to do with Jess. Well, we can return to the episode and the events at hand. We arrive at Thursday graduation day morning and here Lorelai and Rory's storylines diverge from this point moving forward so we're going to focus on Lorelai's first and then we will catch back up with Rory afterward 
but they do share a scene before they depart for the day. Lorelai's asking Rory what she should wear. They're both really excited and have a lot of cute back and forth about what to wear, how to do your hair, where they'll go out to eat afterward. And it's really setting the scene for the most like the tragic reality of what is to happen because they're just so like bright eyed and excited and like supportive of each other. Rory is like, it's really sweet how supportive Rory is being and it's really sweet how excited Lorelai is for this milestone event in her life. And it's all going to come crashing down. Yeah. So in some ways. In some ways. They make like concrete plans. Rory says she'll be there at six and then they'll get dinner afterwards. And you know, as soon as she says that exact time, that something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. This This was also the scene I thought that they were both kind of, or that Rory was kind of overcompensating maybe a little bit from their fight, like showing, not that she wouldn't have been excited anyways, but like showing, uh, like being a bit more obsessive about how she's going to like performatively support Lorelai, if that makes sense. And I don't mean performatively mm-hmm. in a bad sense. I just mean like she's going to visibly be there supporting Lorelai. I think I read it more as like this is Rory's like wheelhouse, like academic oh, success yeah. <laughs> and achievement. And I, I think I read it as a like really earnest excitement about things related to graduation and school and whatnot. But I think both of those readings can exist simultaneously within the scene for sure. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely leaves us with a bit of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the next scene is Lorelai going to work at the Dragonfly. Suki surprises her with a tassel cap shaped cake. That's kind of hard to say, uh, which is really <laughs> sweet of her. <laughs> and it looked good. Yeah, that was that was my Stars Hollow moment. There weren't too many options in this episode. Mm-hmm. So I felt I, the same. I really liked this because it is kind of, you know, whimsical and also just the town excitement, Suki and her baking prowess. I would like to put this out there for any family members. I'm graduating in May. I would like a tassel cap cake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe not know. with like fully crushed espresso beans on top because I... You know, caffeine really gets to me, but the idea of it, it, I like. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't it the inside is the espresso beans? Oh, yeah. Like, I think the entire cake is full of espresso beans, but your point stands, I think. It'd probably be better to sprinkle them on top. Yeah. But yeah, it looked like a great cake. And Suki, as always, is there with support and baked goods. Yes. Someone who is not always there. But happens to be there right now is Christopher. He calls. He says, hello, Lore. They're on a nickname basis. Uh, He's, you know, she says she's excited and he seems to already know this is a big day. And he asks if she's gotten this basket he sent her. So this gives us the context that they must have been having phone calls since their last uh, interaction last episode where they seem to have you know forgiven each other they seemed close and flirty once more and here 
in this, you know, phone call, he sends her this basket. It has all of these like funny and random gifts that are, we've talked about gift giving on the show before too. And it's like, these are actually tailored incredibly well to Lorelai's interests. And it's also like pretty flowers and a pearl necklace, which seems to be very serious and expensive. And he ends the call by saying, I think you're awesome. (laughs) Everything you do, how you raise Rory, you're superwoman. A little cliche, but I think the sentiment is spot on. And I don't know if he has said these things to her before. I think it's important that he acknowledges them. Or if he said them before, maybe they didn't carry such weight because he was like, we should get married. And it's like in service of him (laughs) getting his life together. But here, this feels totally in service of supporting Lorelai. And while there are sort of romantic undertones, I also don't think it's totally about romance. It's Mm -hmm. sort of like a co-parenting, like you're an important person to me. I admire everything you've done and continue to do. I know it's got a lot I have a lot of like interesting thoughts about this what did you think I agree and it's such like an old friends kind of thing like they have Mm -hmm. they know each other so well Chris knows exactly what she would want like they have she has the savings bond which is an obvious joke that they both get and then he even has a disposable camera in there because he knew that she would forget to have a camera ready (laughs) um and it yeah it's just it just shows how well they know each other and it's definitely building on the past couple episodes that we've seen with him we i mean you can tell that there's something else there but it's true this is a pretty just friendly supportive kind of gesture it's not a romantic basket at all. It doesn't have like chocolate covered strawberries or something. I would say the pearl necklace is probably fairly yeah. romantic, but it's also not necessarily the most romantic jewelry out there. It's super mm-hmm. expensive and like flashy and everything, but it's not like, I don't know. A... Like a pair of diamond earrings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I... and. I don't know. I'm always a bit torn on Chris. I don't like a lot of things about him, but I you can't deny that they have a very strong connection and like great history. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and he's being good here. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about next episode <laughs> because he will be back. Yeah, dun dun dun. Um, the next scene we have is later that day. Lorelai is all prepared for the graduation. She shows up to the venue um, hours early, it seems. So we can really, like, feel her excitement and anticipation. Um, She's getting there early to get the gown, which I just have to complain about how expensive graduation regalia is, especially, Mm -hmm. like, for us with PhD stuff. It's so expensive, and I like... That here they just have, you know, something. You're just going to wear this once for about 30 minutes. Why would you spend hundreds of dollars on it? Mm-hmm. But I, she, yeah. <laughs> maybe they should dry clean them between t- takes. <laughs> we interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor. For all of history, humans have been having momentous events. 
but only recently, say the last 60 years or so, have you been able to document those ostentatious occasions. Sure, now you can film anything anywhere on your phone, but nothing beats a good old-fashioned videographer capturing your most precious moments. Raul's videography will film your son's bar mitzvah, your daughter's quinceanera, your disastrous gender reveal party and the ensuing house fire, and even your kid's graduation. Raul specializes in dealing with demanding, degrading, and sometimes even dismembered family members. Oh wait, we took that alliteration too far. Anyway, Raul can capture your events on film regardless of how hoity-toity your relatives are. For our listeners of Talking Fast, Raul has a special offer. Book Raul to film your special event and mention Talking Fast to get documentary-style takes if the lighting is a bit lackluster in your venue. That's right, Raul can make your child's third birthday look like the latest Netflix true crime documentary if you just mention Talking Fast at your booking. Uh, The other thing in this scene is that as Lorelai is picking out her gown, she sees out of the corner of her eye a woman walk by that looks mysteriously like Emily. So she goes out to investigate, and it is, in fact, Emily who is ordering around this whole camera setup. And Lorelai is like, what are you doing here? And it comes out that Rory told Emily they're both there, and Lorelai is pretty surprised by this she seems very unsure about it but she does eventually say like I'm just gonna let you figure this out you take charge of this like I just cannot get involved with this madness right now what did you think about Emily with her camera crew I think it's totally out of proportion (laughs) um I feel like Emily is maybe overcompensating or this is her way of showing support for Lorelai, but it's over the top. It ends up resulting in kind of ruining part of the event for Lorelai, as we'll see when people give her grief about it. And it's not what Lorelai wants. It's Emily, you know, showing up for people maybe in a way that they don't want her to but it's her version of showing up for them like this like pomp and circumstance to make a reference to graduation (laughs) stuff um that she doesn't need you know it like the impulse seems to be about recording it and getting it for posterity 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 but really like what Lorelai really just needs is the two of them to be there and be in the moment and be proud of her. She doesn't need this film to be made, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we've said similar things about Emily before. Like, when she just kind of goes over the top in demonstrating her affection and stuff. I I find it adorable that she's doing all this. <laughs> but I also would be so annoyed if I was Lorelai. Like, I think it really shows how excited Emily was. Like, she spent all this time between when Rory visited and now arranging all of this. Um, But it definitely is uh, a little bit much, especially, like, in comparison with the venue. There's just not enough space, so she's kind of inconveniencing everybody else. 
I think we see how this impacts Lorelai in the next scene as she is getting ready for graduation and more people are arriving at this point and they start to notice they're like gossiping about this blue blood rich woman out there who has this whole camera crew and they say they hate money people and Lorelai in this moment decides to like not say I'm related to that person or she's trying to just hide her identity and maybe hopefully go under the radar. Um, And it puts her in a a weird position, this choice that Emily has made. And it's sort of affecting her excitement for the day because now she's like dealing with this uh, situation. Also, it's interesting that Seth MacFarlane just playing this random dude, Zach. Oh, I knew I recognized yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, it's like the bit is that there's this girlfriend and boyfriend who are, you know, Zach is one of them, played by Seth MacFarlane, and they're making all of the... It, I, I don't know. It's weird. They've both, like, graduated. <laughs> they, they have to transfer, so they're going to break up, but their whole vibe is that they, like, hate each other. But they're dating. Yeah. And um, I I guess an example, like he says, he makes a sexual joke to the girlfriend before you know they're dating. He just says, like, we should do some producing after the ceremony because she says she works at Kinko's and she tells him to shut up and he calls her a snot. And then the girl's like, oh, yeah, we're dating. It's so sad we have to break up when we go to different colleges. It's a very bizarre, like, set of minor characters Mm -hmm. that we'll never see again but they like wrote them in as a sort of antagonist against Lorelai a bit once the truth comes out later on yeah I I'm kind of conflicted about the whole like denying your wealth proximity to wealth thing that's happening with Lorelai in these scenes I understand the embarrassment especially like when you yourself are not wealthy and you're you've been in this like environment with a whole bunch of other people and you're the same economic circumstances as you but i also kind of get a bit of a vibe coming from her like the like when <clears throat> one white person is called out for doing some something racist or something and other people are like oh yeah i'm not white like that or, yeah, but I'm a good white person. I don't do that. And I, I just got that vibe from how she was denying all of this rather than just, like, straight up saying, yeah, that's my mom. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> Although I'm conflicted because I also see why she would avoid con- confronting that, especially with these weird people. Yeah. Yeah, because the truth comes out in the next scene when a lady with all of these corsages enters and says is Lorelai Gilmore here you need to pick one of these and she won't go away until Lorelai just picks one and at that point they all realize that Lorelai is the one related to Emily and I think up to that point I almost like I feel like I would have done the same thing just hid and like bet that they would never find out you know like oh if I just don't say anything they'll never know but this identifies the connection so she's kind of forced into addressing it with her uh, fellow graduates and I guess maybe the 
dynamic they're trying to create here is like young kids who are you know going straight from high school into community college and they're now going to go transfer someone else somewhere else and they seem to be like working they go there because it was affordable and now they're going to like graduate at the other college and Lorelai is in a different situation where she's like come back to school she's also working but then when they discover this like rich background I don't know I just think like this was supposed to be Lorelai's day and now she's forced to like defend herself against these people who have like comments I think are fairly spot on about entitled rich people and whatnot. But also it's like, Lorelai didn't ask for that camera crew. She didn't ask for any of that. She should have just been able to like enjoy her day and celebrate this. And this is just bringing like unwanted conflict into her her day. I mean, I will say I agree that like her her protest about how she like literally she says I'm not rich she's really protesting (laughs) this like label upon her and I think that's like fairly true her situation is more nuanced than they would admit um but one of her things is like how her parents have money um but she does mention that they paid Rory's tuition which I think kind of exposes her uh it's like a hole in her defense because they had earlier said the reason that they were at community college is because they couldn't afford a four-year college so like even if Lorelai's situation is not what they think it is it's still you know there there is a privilege that she is certainly denying um they joke that you have rich friends wearing suits <laughs> and Jackson who is wearing the suit says it was 30 percent off which I thought was pretty funny yeah I think the whole thing kind of reveals something we've noticed about Lorelai already with her like uh, wish to distance herself from the privilege she grew up in while also still benefiting from it in a way. As you mm. said, she's still benefiting from it, getting Rory's tuition. Of course, that's not in a selfish way. That's for Rory. But she at the same time is like denying. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I just felt like it was a bit a bit weird. And Emily definitely put her in this situation by going way over the top. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of, I don't know, the clashing of her two worlds, I guess. Yeah, I would say the clashing of the two worlds is a good description for that, definitely. I also forgot one of the times the guy says that or somebody comes in after seeing the camera stuff outside and says, it's like a Baz Luhrmann movie out there. And this is my Rory's bookshelf for the episode. Um, Baz Luhrmann is a director. He directed like Romeo plus Juliet and Moulin Rouge and The Great Gatsby. And most recently he directed Elvis. And I'm a big Elvis fan and I have many thoughts about the movie but it is worth watching especially if you like Elvis (laughs) it's a little bit the configuration of the movie is a bit strange uh with the narration and stuff but I like Baz Luhrmann stuff usually they're all over the top like kind of like watching a Baz Luhrmann movie is kind of like looking through a kaleidoscope 
And so I just liked that the, this guy was using this mm-hmm. this other over-the-top person um, to describe what Emily was doing, which was completely uncalled for with the situation. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of nominations in this scene that uh, I think I passed by this on accident when we were discussing the conflict, but in the midst of this... Um, in the midst of the situation, Suki and Jackson arrive to say hi to Lorelai before they get their seats. And my Lorelai's closet goes to Jackson nice. and the aforementioned suit. He's got his first real suit, which he bought for their rehearsal dinner. And he says, and not my last. I look hot, <laughs> which I loved. I love the confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily my favorite suit in the world it's like brown and he's paired it with this sort of light orange shirt and a darker orange tie that I think has sunflowers on it I think it's a good look for Jackson it fits the seasonal autumnal vibe of the show even though we're still in a never-ending spring right now (laughs) yeah (laughs) but I like it for him and then later on once he's been accused of being a rich friend wearing a suit and he says it was 30% off, uh, he, after that, talks to Suki in a side comment saying, maybe the suit was a little much. And she says, you're a fox now. Don't start, which I thought was really cute. I liked how he was confident. Then when he wasn't, she sort of pumped him up to, um, I love the little interaction. And we're, I think we're big admirers of Jackson's style on the show Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's nice to see him in a more formal version of that and I still like it and it still feels very tailored to him I think next week we'll see another great Jackson outfit yeah (laughs) (laughs) so after all this conflict backstage we get to the actual graduation um and Emily is having her cameraman like in the way of everybody trying to get close-up shots of Lorelai but when Lorelai finally walks across the stage, she looks out and sees Emily and Richard sitting there in the audience, and both of them are, like, tearing up and look like they're about to cry, which makes Lorelai look like she's about to cry and get really proud. She turn- switches her tassel over to the other side and, like, stands up straighter for the camera and everything, and it's just, like, a wonderful little moment of connection and pride between them that you really never never get to see from Emily and Richard and Lorelai it was very Mm -hmm. touching yeah that was my gazebo moment sorry (laughs) no no you described it really well I like I got emotional watching it as well like you like you said they haven't had a moment like this before and who knows if they will again, who knows what the next one would be. But it felt like this like moment that transcended all of the like the little details of the day. Like Emily kind of going over the top with the camera crew. It's like none of that matters in this single moment as they make the eye contact and as they recognize her. And she like receives the recognition. She knows they're like proud of her. She knows they're moved by her. And, like, the the first shared look, she, like, her tear, tears well up in her eyes and she, like, smiles. But then, like, you like 
she slightly her expression changes when she moves the tassel and it's almost like a yeah like witness me like I did this and it is a like a look of pride you know um and throughout this there is the very iconic like la 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 music playing and it continues into the conversation that they all have afterward this is where they have a very surface level conversation that I think reflects the emotional moment that they had even if they can't put words to it because they're basically saying um Lorelai says I did it they say yeah and then Raul got good footage Richard says I hope so he costs so much congratulations glad you came I'll see you tomorrow for dinner like it's all very just surface level um but then Lorelai says before you leave shouldn't we get a picture and this was another so such a sweet moment <laughs> where they barely know how to pose together, but they make it work. <laughs> I know. I want to see this developed and like put on everybody's refrigerator, even though none of them will admit that they like it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I bet that, I just bet that Emily was very moved that Lorelai asked for a picture with the two of them. Because if Emily's whole thing is about, like, documenting Lorelai's success, like, she didn't... This is Lorelai asking to document their family, like, their shared moment. And it's in a very much more Lorelai approach on a disposable camera, you know? Like, yeah. and they have Raul take it. So it's kind of like the compromise <laughs> yeah. between their two approaches. Yeah. It's a very touching ceremony in the end, despite the camera work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Richard also then stays behind and gives Lorelai a check. Um, and as he's walking away, he like almost says something else. And you can tell that what he was about to say was something like something along the lines of, I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> he leaves without saying it, but I got the feeling Lorelai understood the look and the gesture Mm -hmm. and then we also are reminded of something we haven't mentioned so far in recapping this uh, graduation Rory is not there Uh, Suki Mm. and Jackson come up and Rory hasn't arrived which means that Lorelai is gonna go home alone um, it's kind of left up in the air. Nobody knows what Rory was doing, but that she called and she's all right. Uh, very cryptic and mm-hmm. disappointing for Lorelai. I think that would be really heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah, rightfully so. And this brings us to rewind the clock and pick up where we left off with Rory. So we meet back up with Rory at the beginning of graduation day. And she and Paris are walking around Chilton. I kind of got the feeling that this must be in the morning before classes start. <laughs> I love this also just seeing Paris and Rory as friends. Paris is ranting about her advisor. We also get a small little tidbit that I think will be important that Paris is trying to run for a student council position. Um. Rory's not paying attention. (laughs) Paris got my Just Sass Attack nomination because she 
says, uh, like, the scene opens with Paris saying, I said, listen here, Missy. And Rory says, you called your advisor Missy? And Paris says, it was attitudinal. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> After Paris's rant, though, she ends her rant by saying, my locker's this way and just walking off. Rory, who, again, hasn't really been paying attention for most of this, instead turns around and walks out of the gates of Chilton. It's It's, suspenseful. Yeah. Where is she going? (laughs) Yeah. The whole scene, I was wondering why she isn't paying attention, why she's so checked out. And then when she just walks away, you're like, yeah, where is she going? (laughs) Yeah. When we find out where... So she gets off a bus stop in New York City, and then the next scene is my gazebo moment. We see Jess sitting in a park, like he said he's been doing, reading a book, and Rory has found him, and she walks up behind him and says, hey. And he turns around and says, hey. (laughs) And I I just loved this, because it's like the thing that every teenager wishes happen to them when they have a crush on somebody like that you just you know be somewhere and they'd come up to you and it'd be like the best moment ever or something (laughs) um and it actually happens here and I also just love their subdued reactions it's another instance of that whole like you could almost think that nothing is going on no emotions except that there's something underneath they're both a little bit smiley, and it's just, I don't know, pent-up teenager hormones. I don't know. <laughs> Excitement. They're both acting like it's a regular day, mm-hmm. but in fact, she's traveled quite far to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he... I I definitely think that this was not planned. He had no idea it was coming. I think it's a complete surprise. Which most people would react to. <laughs> but yeah, I like that he doesn't. He takes her around. He asks if she's hungry. So he takes her to his favorite hot dog stand. Rory keeps like going on about how she's, you know, a real or uh, she really knows New York. She's acting like a real New Yorker and stuff like that. I would say... Before that, also, my Rory's bookshelf was to just reading on the park bench. I don't really care about the book specifically, which was by Tom Wolfe, I guess. But I just thought it was so... Yeah, so he's just reading on the bench. I thought it felt total, like, book nerd in New York City, just chilling in Washington Square Park, name drop, reading a book that isn't, like... It's not some, I don't know. It was just very (laughs) appealing to me. Yeah, it's romantic. He's just stretched out on the park bench. I've definitely seen that image of him circulate quite often. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very like quintessential Jess, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He kind of asks how things have been, but again, or he asks how Luke was. Um. Rory's response is that Luke went fishing and then they have a little back and forth about bait which is kind of funny but again they're like not 
it's just like their phone call. They're not really saying anything. They're just skirting around everything. But they're having yeah. fun, it seems. They're, like, having a great time in each other's company. Yeah. they And, like, as they're walking around, they, they're chatting it up, like you said, about Rory joking about how she's a New Yorker and how she has a withering stare and Jess asks if he can see it and she says it would kill him if she did. <laughs> and so it's, like, some good banter and flirting. And after that he asks about her arm which is the first like kind of indication toward a real conversation and he holds it and like looks at one of the stickers and then when they're at the hot dog stand like you said he asks about Luke like tangentially he doesn't even say Luke's name Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Rory like knows what he's talking about but then they make plans to go to like this cool record store and so much is going unsaid um and it's like you wonder if if everything's at the surface like is something going to boil over eventually mm-hmm. and their very last exchange of the day seems to like let some of the truth come to the surface but it's fascinating how pretend they're really both pretending that this is normal and they're both having genuine fun of course but like Neither of them is making the move to have a sort of like actual conversation about like, what are you doing? What are we? Should we address what happened? None of that is being said. (laughs) So maybe he's the perfect guy for Rory because she doesn't like to, (laughs) you know, address change. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, But they go to this record store and I noticed uh, the owner of the record store, or at least some guy who seems to be there all the time, helps them or tells them about a musician. I had an inkling that this might be a famous musician. So I looked it up, and it is. It's Chuck E. Weiss, who I don't know, but he is a, a musician. Um, he's been in, done a lot of different things. Um, he's also... At one point, he was in a band with Johnny Depp, which was, like, one of the only things, projects that I recognized from him. But he has been and he has done a lot in the music world. So he was a little, Mm. another little uh, famous or at least well-known musician Easter egg like uh, Carol King last episode. Nice. He definitely had cameo vibes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Because he had a very just randomly placed line yeah. in the middle of the dialogue. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Rory also finds a Go-Go's album that's been signed. And then Jess asks how Lorelai's been. Or uh, she, Rory says that Lorelai is graduating. And then Jess gets my Jess sass attack by <laughs> replying, I'm surprised she has time for anything besides lighting darts on fire and throwing them at my picture. I was like, wow, he really knows what's going on because this is exactly what Lorelai wants to be doing. Um, totally. He uh, he reads the room or reads Lorelai very well. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also a guy with awesome pink hair. So it seemed like a good <laughs> cool shop. Yeah. Rory thanks him for bringing her there and she leaves to go. Well, she walks away to go buy the record and Jess has this like smile 
to himself because she's not looking. But then she like looks back and smiles at him and he smiles at her. And (laughs) the way I'm describing this is like devoid of charm. But it was quite a cute exchange between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Then this takes us to the bus station where Rory is going home. And it seems at this point that everything is going according to plan. Like, oh, Rory's just going to take the bus home and make it to graduation. Cool. Uh, but, you know, Jess is, like, leaning against the bus door in a very, like, nonchalant, cool way, which is probably actually, like, I bet he thought through it. Like, oh, yeah, it would be really cool if I just leaned back against this bus door <laughs> as we said goodbye. I don't, The body language just caught my eye there. Uh, they're again talking about nothing here. Like, this could be the moment to address, like, when are, when am I going to see you again? I'm sorry about before. Or, like, what's happened? What are we? Any of these sort of questions could be appropriate here. But they're really just saying, like, joking about how Rory gave the wrong directions to someone walking by, <laughs> which was pretty funny. Um, and then she gets on the bus. I loved how this happened. It reminded me of like, I don't know, a period drama or something where people have conversations out of a train window. But <laughs> once she's gone to her seat, Jess has kind of like followed her along on the outside. And through the window, she hears him ask, why are you here? She opens the window and he asks again. And she, her response is just that because he didn't say goodbye um which i i kind of like the simplicity of this like that well that sounds like a very simple answer but it also carries a lot of weight um mm-hmm. because it also just means it means that she's been thinking about him all this time that she re- like they had such a relationship that she deserved a goodbye from him um, yeah also, the gu- goodbye would have happened that, like, fateful night after the crash when things were already, like, mm-hmm. you know, pretty tense. And it's also a bit of foreshadow to next season. <laughs> I know, right? I, like, yeah. my jaw dropped because I was like, oh, my God, this is what happens later on? Yeah. <laughs> Again. I thought, you're right. I think there's something very, like, poignant about the simplicity and the greater emotional relationship stuff it alludes to. I also think it's so Rory at this point in time, like, what we see to her reaction at the end of the episode, her struggle over why she decided to go and the consequences of it. It's like... I think she is not willing to like look inward and Mm -hmm. think about her attachment to Jess beyond the point that like, oh, he's someone who should have said goodbye to her and she needs to have that interaction. Like, I don't think she herself is going inward beyond that to be able to offer a deeper answer at this point. (laughs) She's actively like standing at the top of that staircase and it's an escalator. It keeps going down. She keeps walking back up to the top step. <laughs> like, that is what is going on in Rory's head right now. 
Yeah. She's, it's very much like an active denial. Mm -hmm. Like she's working to maintain the denial. Um, And the surface level conversations that keep occurring also read as, you know, repression to me, just Mm -hmm. pushing the, pushing the stuff down and then it's going to bubble up at some point. Um, and maybe not the, you know, the healthiest way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jess's response to this is just to say goodbye, which I also liked. <laughs> yeah. And then we kind of get a, like a, when we come back to Rory, we see her. She's still sitting on the bus. They're still at the bus station. Um, She's sitting next to a guy. Or uh, she goes and asks the bus driver, like, when are they going to leave? And there's been an accident. So who knows when they're going to leave? The first sign, things are going badly. (laughs) The second sign is when they're finally moving, they keep making stops. So uh, the guy next to Rory explains that she must have taken an express bus out there. And now it's a local one, so it's stopping at all the local stops. He's also spitting tobacco chewing tobacco into a can which is one of the grossest things to be sitting next to yeah so about rory and the bus ride home and this is where everything goes wrong as you said it's very bad and this had me wondering again about the like the narrative put forward like when they're in the car and they crash, we described it as the sort of like chaos of something bad occurring when she chose to be with Jess. And it's like here again, she had a organized day, like she had a plan, even though it was spontaneous. And we might question like, do you really want to go like skip school and go to New York on the day of your mom's graduation? But like she did have a plan. She knew what bus she was going to take home. And it's just really something that she couldn't foresee, like the interstate being closed due to an accident that prevents her from getting there. And it's like the universe just keeps telling her, like every time she chooses Jess, every time she gives in to these desires that she's trying to repress, like something bad happens in her life and it causes like strife. And I'm like, is the narrative supporting Lorelai's decision, her thinking here of Jess as the force of destruction? Or is this telling the story of like Rory? I don't know. I just think that it's very interesting that this is the second time it's like you choose Jess, you choose these desires you're repressing, repressing, and something horrible happens to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll be struck down. Yeah. <laughs> Or is it, like, the result of her repression? <laughs> like, this mm. is a manifestation of her inability to articulate what's actually happening? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in an alternate universe, if she had, outside, out of that window, told Jess, um, I am in love with you or something like that, <laughs> Yeah. then the bus would have gone on time. I mean, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. It's almost like Rory subconsciously desires the catastrophic to happen to prevent her from having mm-hmm. to yeah like punishment. move forward yeah yeah it's like i de- she deserves this punishment and she later on thinks of everything that has happened is like someone else made the decision like she wasn't herself and there's like a split 
there she's very like torn and split into two like identities almost at this point of like someone spontaneous and interested in a different thing with Jess and then the person who will be with Dean forever <laughs> like she says later on but yeah um I guess we're almost there to that fight really yeah yeah the next thing we see is Lorelai getting home from graduation and Rory sitting on the porch outside of their house um at first, Lorelai is kind of passive aggressive, like asking, you know, what uh, everything except what happened. Where were you? <laughs> and Rory bursts out. This is where I had my my Friday night dinner for how Rory is dealing with all of this. I, I'm kind of conflicted about having it as a Friday night dinner because I'm like critiquing. Of course, how Rory's been repressing things, as we've been saying, but she mm-hmm. also is, like, self-flagellating here, and I'm just... Yeah. it It's just... I don't know. There's so, mu- so much wrong with how she's dealing with this situation, but she's also... I want to, like, acknowledge that she's a teenager, a kid, basically, and this is maybe the first time she's ever had to deal with emotions like this, or, like... With this kind of uh, self, um, like, identity crisis, more or less. So Hmm. I can see why it's hard, but she's pretty much, she bursts out about what she did. She starts talking about how she's going to ground herself, um, and she doesn't know why she did it. She doesn't know who she is. Um, She talks about all these things different ways that she's going to punish herself by like taking all her books away um no friends no phone calls no tv all of that kind of stuff and it yeah it's just I don't know it's it just shows again like how how incapable she is of self-reflection in any meaningful way about this issue (laughs) because she's I don't know she's focusing just on the fact that she kind of betrayed Lorelai which I think she should focus on like that's a big deal that she stood her mom up basically on one of the most important days of her life at the moment but by doing that she's also ignoring like the bigger problem for herself which is the Jess issue and that it could be it could be so easily remedied if she would just admit it but yeah she doesn't of course Yeah, she, like, she gets to the point where even Lorelai says, um, she says, maybe you're falling for Jess. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Um, Yeah, maybe. Because to that point, Rory, it's, like, easier for Rory to conceptualize, like, someone else doing these things. She's like, the phone call, I don't know how it affected me. Someone else did it. Or she even, like, uses the metaphor of a stroke or an illness, like, as blaming that. Like, oh, I wouldn't normally do this, but something happened to me. And she, like, is to the point where she's saying, I don't deserve breathing. She says, beat me, ground me, take my phone away, deprive me of air. Like, she's, like, really having, like, is in crisis mode here. And Laurel, that's at the point where Lorelai says, maybe you don't have a condition. Maybe you're falling for Jess. And Rory says, 
no, I love Dean. That's it forever. Which is sort of what people have been telling her. But at this point, Lorelai says, maybe not forever. And so you know it's gotten so bad that you've got Lorelai finally departing Team Dean a bit to be like, if you're in this state of mind right now, I think you could accept that you don't have to be with Dean forever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It was just, it was really hard to see. And I felt really, I felt very sympathetic for Rory. She's like struggling quite a lot. And you can see it's this like internal battle for her truly. And it's all come, it's all been leading up to this point. And I just wanted to, the last thing I wanted to say is that I felt bad for Lorelai too. And I thought Lorelai handed this well. Um, She says, I really wanted you there. You're the reason I was there. And this was a once in a lifetime thing. And you should have been there. Mm -hmm. Like my best friend should have been there. And then as Rory, Rory does the thing where like she make she's supposed to be apologizing to Lorelai right now, but she ends up making Lorelai feel bad for her and have to take care of her because she like her apology is all about her own guilt. And I get it because Rory is clearly going through a lot right now. But I just wanted to commend Lorelai that even though this moment should be about her receiving her apology, she takes on Rory's own emotion and guilt and tries to comfort her. Mm-hmm. And at the end still is like, let's go to dinner. I really want to do that. Like she's selfless in this moment when it should have been all about her getting an apology from Rory, I think. And I just thought it was really big of her considering yeah. like this was such an important thing she even got recognition from emily and richard of all people and like <laughs> she wanted that from rory too and that so i was impressed by the way she handled that yeah i agree the last couple lines are when lorelei wants to go out to eat and rory says i don't deserve that um lorelei's response is no but i do and i yeah, I think mm-hmm. that kind of encapsulates it all because it's so hard to separate the in this scene, like the fact that Rory does need some consequences for her actions, maybe not as extreme as she's imagining for herself, but also Lorelai deserves to celebrate and she deserves to celebrate with the person that she wants to celebrate with. So yeah, it's it's a hard, I don't know, line to to walk, but I think that Lorelai does it really well. And it's not like Rory's going to forgive herself anytime soon. At least it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. I don't know. This was a hard episode. It was like a lot of great scenes. But I also, I don't know, it was hard for me to pick something really to critique without, because I was so conflicted about everything. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. how it's been ever since the car crash. I've just been conflicted about everything. (laughs) I think that's good though because there is a lot of there's a lot of shades and complexity to like these sort of moral dilemmas that we're observing. And like you said at like Rory is very much a teenager like reckoning with a lot of this for the first time and I think the show is successful in portraying the shit storm that can occur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um But I'm, like, I'm very curious about to see moving forward if, like, 
I don't know what I want to attribute it to, but the whole like doom and gloom strikes when you pursue something yeah. like I because I almost feel like it ha- it will happen again next episode for maybe both Lorelai and Rory. I'm I'm not sure, but it's like what is the how does that work narratively or why is the show pursuing like I mean to compare they're not going for the happy ending narrative. Like like another version of this is Rory goes to New York and like confesses her true feelings and they kiss and they're like going to figure it out or whatever. That's not what they go. They like mm-hmm. she goes to New York, is super repressed and doesn't say her true feelings and then she misses her mom's graduation and it's like all bad. Like I'm just curious about the they're like cutting off the happiness almost part and adding in more destruction (laughs) yeah yeah and like what leads to that what's the kind of cause and effect line there Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we'll uh we'll have to see next episode the last episode of the season (laughs) we also have some great off season things coming or in between season things coming i suppose we'll talk a little bit more about that in our yeah. recap episode, but <laughs> in the meantime, <laughs> you can rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That really helps us out. So we thank you in advance. And you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And you can contact us over email if you have any thoughts or questions or Um, opinions of your own we'd be happy to hear and maybe feature them in an episode so you can reach out to us at talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com cool until next time yeah we'll bring in we'll wrap up season two next week